Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our field. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Today, I am beyond excited to welcome not only one of the best lenders in the country, but one of my best friends, Robin Lavasser. Robin, say hi. Hello. Glad so to be Robin, here. Robin is taking time out of what's probably the most insane schedule I know. You all think you have packed schedules. You have no idea. So the <laughs> fact that she made time, it's literally like six o'clock in the morning, her time. She's about to give a big talk today and she made time to do this recording. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. I'd do anything for you, my friend. I love you. So Robin, let me just give you guys a little background on Robin. Robin is in Oregon. I love Oregon because I'm on more of the granola crunchy side. Robin says I get my clothes at Whole Foods. <laughs> right in. <laughs> so I would fit right in there. 20 years at least as a lender, correct? At 25. Oh my gosh. Really old. I know. So we got to update your bio. You're not old. I'm older than you, girl. So 25 years. So as a producing lender, she's also a coach and a speaker. She's the executive vice president of national sales for Summit Funding, branch manager. And also, by the way, guys, a mother of five. She has triplets. She has one wedding, I think, last year, maybe two this year. She's a busy, busy woman. So Robin, all right. Perfect. Well, you're making me sound like I'm getting married over and over again. So I've also been married for a really long time. My kids are getting married now, not me. <laughs> That's right. Her children are getting married. John, her husband, who we love, great friends with my husband. We all do things together. He is also a fantastic person. They are a great couple. So here's the thing. You're one of the people, right, when you see on Instagram, it's got a perfect marriage and a perfect life, but you've worked your butt off. And of course, nothing is perfect. But I thought it's the beginning of 2023. So new year, woohoo, we all have our best intentions, right? If you own a gym, you're really happy right now because everyone decided to go. But let's take a little step back. Robin, give us a yeah. little bit of your history, how yeah. you came who you are today. Yeah. You know, what's funny is you say, you know, you see the perfect life. I always like to kind of correct people with, I have a real life. And I think that sometimes people think via social media and different things that it must not be real. And I will tell you, and you know me well, so it, it's it's about as real as it can get and in a really good way. But I do have to say, pinch me sometimes. How did I create this life? And so I'll give you a little bit of a background. So I started uh, the industry. And so I say I'm old because in dog years, that's what lending does to you. I'm 176. So I got into the business at 19 years old in 1997. And anybody that was in the industry long ago, you know, things obviously evolved. Back then, I mean, you literally barely were using email. You were faxing everything. You were hard copies. You were a lot of face-to-face, -face. you know, technology takes things to a different place. But I was a greetings partner answering the phone. And the woman that I worked for was just a powerhouse. And you're talking back then, the example of powerhouse was a female owner, which was rare in itself of a lending brokerage, had three men working for her as producers, and then an all woman support staff. So there's some keys in there. And then literally she had three pagers on her hip and a massive car phone that she carried around. And everybody needed and wanted 
wanted Renee. Everybody wanted her. And the truth was, for good reason, she was a powerhouse. She could answer questions, solve problems, give insight. And I was pretty enamored with her. What I learned quickly was that she was married and had a young son who was just over the age of two when I started working for her. And what I saw was that she worked from 5 a.m. to 8 o'clock at night. And her son had literally memorized the schedule of Cartoon Network. He knew what time every show was on TV. And so I watched her and, you know, things are caught, not taught, as Ed Milet says. So I literally just followed suit. I would show up at 5 a.m. My goal would be to beat her to work. That's always been in me, just so you know. So some of us don't have that trait. That doesn't make you good or bad, right? Like you just have to understand what makes you tick. I love a gold star. So I wanted to get the gold star from Renee, right? She's a powerhouse. I wanted to make her happy. I wanted to achieve for her. And so I did. I became her assistant, her processor, and little by little kind of worked my way through and then got married a few years into working with her and then found out that I was pregnant. And the reason that there's some significance there is that my entire life, I've envisioned being successful and being a mom. And yet I grew up in a really small town in Southern Oregon. There weren't a ton of examples, but my mom was one of them. She was a woman that went to work every single day. God bless all the moms that are in the classrooms and making all the homemade treats and all those things. Not my mom. She was dropping me off on the curb. like couldn't get to drive to her office quick enough to go start life that way. And so I, again, caught, not taught. I was raised with an outside of the home working mom. And I'm really grateful for that because it taught me a whole bunch. Fast forward, I go into Renee's office and she is my idol, my mentor. We've become dear friends at this point and we are absolutely rocking it. I mean, this is back in the day where she's closing 20, 25 plus units a month and I'm her lead processor at the young age of 21 years old. And so we're a great combo and I literally can envision the entire thing down to what she was wearing. And I walked into her office and I said, can I talk to you real quick? And I shut the door behind me and I stood there and I said, I'm pregnant. And she let out the most disappointed and almost disgusted sigh. And I know that wasn't her heart for me as a human, as a mother, but I know that for her business was the only thing that she measured success by. And so she looked at me and she called me Robbie. And she said, you know, Jesus, Robbie, excuse my language. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to take a birth control pill. And she said, you just messed up your career. Basically, you just ruined it. And I was devastated. And she made some moves. Clearly, we didn't stay working together. Those were not the HR violation days. And listen, I still have a ton of gratitude, respect, and love for what I did learn from her. It was this defining moment for me. I went home, I came back to work. And just to kind of speed the story up, I got pregnant a second time working for a top producer, this time man, and found out about three months in that there was three. So it's like one in 900,000 women get pregnant with triplets naturally under the age of 30. That's me. No lottery here, but for sure can make some babies. So have triplets. And as I find out there are triplets, even my eyes were about this big and not really sure what life would look like next. I went in and told, again, my friend, mentor, top producing loan officer, we blew up his business side by side. And the next day, without saying a word to me, I came back from lunch and there were three women sitting in the lobby with resumes interviewing for my job. And 
I think that those two moments for me, Marjorie, you know, all of us have these opportunities in life to put something on the shoulder of excuses and reasons that the whys behind how you got derailed or what took place, or you can put it on a shoulder that says, I'm going to use this to create a new path, right? And so I took that chip and said, I'm going to create a business in this business that shows that you can stay married, that you can have children. Now, I don't care if you're married or unmarried. I don't care if you have children or don't have children. That's not the point, but that you can do those things and still achieve huge heights and do it as a woman. Because the truth was in that journey, so many of us don't go after it because, you know, I have to pause to have kids. I'm responsible for all of these things. And it's interesting because our industry has this freedom. So realtors, lenders, we have this freedom, right? We're entrepreneurs, if you will. And that freedom plays to our guilt. And our guilt is you have a choice every day to go to work. You have a choice It's not like we're at Costco and if you don't show up and clock in, they're going to terminate you, right? Totally different world. We get to choose. And so you have this choice. And so every day your emotions say, I'm choosing to go to work when I could technically stay home with my kids right now. I could technically clean up the house a little more. I could technically prep for dinner or take a little better care of my husband. And that autonomy, if you will, that moment of choice for a woman is often the guilt that prevents us from pushing forward and being successful. Yes, totally agree. How's that for a whole ramp up background? (laughs) So you really got into production, right? So you were producing. How did you take that to branch manager to executive vice president, right? How does that happen? So I got my own license. So my husband was pushing me off a cliff after the triplets. I was an assistant for a couple more years. And then I realized I got this incredible job offer for the most pay I've ever seen as an assistant. And again, I was a workhorse, right? I mean, I would literally take care of the triplets when they were babies and then rush to the office on an hour and a half window to shore up some files and then drive back because there was not technology then to make sure I was there for their next wake up call. So I've always had that part in me. My husband was like, you need to be an originator. I was like, you're out of your mind. We have no money and we have four children to feed. We adopted the fifth one. So he came a little bit later. And so needless to say, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I jumped off the cliff and I did well, but I wasn't directed. And what I mean by that is that I didn't have anybody. Again, we're entrepreneurs. So what do we think? We know best. We can do whatever we want. Well, I'll tell you what, freedom is never free right? Freedom always comes at a price of something. And what I realized the price of that was instability, inconsistency in my life. Hey, I'm really busy because my phone's ringing and some people know I'm a loan officer. And then I'm really quiet. So even though I work today, I left early, I spent a little extra time at the store, I went shopping, whatever it was, I was just really inconsistent. And so I was riding what I would call the real estate and lending roller coaster. I've got some money in the bank because I closed a big month. I'm exhausted. So I'm going to check out for a little bit. Oh gosh, I'm scared. There's not enough money for the next few months. So now I've got to get back on it, but didn't even understand what that meant, right? What does that actually mean? And our phone rings just enough, just enough with just the slightest bit of connection and intention that it tricks us to thinking, 
that that's all we have to do, especially nowadays with social media and everything else. Hey, you make a quick post as a realtor, all of a sudden one person reaches out to you on social media. What do you think your business plan is? Oh yeah, keep doing social media, it works. Yeah, right. And so I believe those things. I met Summit Funding, which is where I am the executive vice president in 2010. And Todd Screma, an incredible mentor and friend and probably the best coach I've ever had in my life looked at me and just said, hey, you have just like all of us have the sauce. You just need the plan and to follow it and you will blow up. And I thought, well, that's a novel concept, right? Listen to somebody else who has more money, more freedom, more results than I do. And so I did, I took that and I thought, here's my chance. And I followed the plan. Was it easy? Not a chance, right? I did a few years of backwards. Instead of having balance, I went 60 hours in. I kind of killed myself to build something for a couple of years. And I think that I would be lying to you if I said this was a perfect balance the entire time I was climbing. It wasn't. It was about two years where my husband at some point looked at me and said, hey, I want my wife. Yep. And so I either needed to slow the journey down or get better at it. It wasn't that I needed to walk away. It was that I needed to decide, hey, I'm putting in 60 hours. You know, sometimes I'm at the office at midnight. It was ridiculous. And the truth was, it boiled down to me, my disciplines, how I protected my time, how many times I said no instead of yes. And so I realized I wanted both, but in order to have both, I had to get really good at what was fair for my marriage, what was fair for my kids, what was fair for myself and the business. So I did. And that obviously came a team and that's a whole nother podcast story topic. But as I built, I kind of rivaled for one and two in the company, which is pretty rare in Eugene, Oregon. So pretty small overall area. I became a top two producer in the nation at Summit Funding. Then I became a top 50 woman originator in the country. I became a top 100 originator in both men and women in the country. And super candidly, what's funny, Marjorie, is when I got there, that was the easy part. The hard part was breaking through the emotions, the balance and the disciplines that it took to get from five units to 10. It wasn't closing 681. That was my biggest year ever reigning mortgages with 2% rates, but personal units. I did that in 45 hours a week. That was awesome, but I worked on myself. And so I say three things in both real estate and in lending. There are three areas that you need. And one of the skills at all times is required. And so one is loan knowledge or real estate knowledge, right? You can be very knowledgeable about the trade that you're in, and that will certainly earn you some business. Now, you'd think that was the trait that you absolutely have to have. You don't because you can hire to it, right? You can hire to knowledge. The truth is, and this was the word that I hated, but I've fallen in love with, and that was sales. You had to have sales experience, skills, all of those things. You had to be ultimately a salesman or woman. Now, I had such a negative connotation to that word. I think most people do. I had to get over it and realize that if my definition of sales was serving people, helping people that way versus a, I'm going to try to make some money off of somebody, which is what I had affiliated with. So get over the definition, if you will, redefine it for yourself, because that will help you understand that it is a requirement. It's a requirement, right? The knowledge of your trade, you have sales skills. There's a statement in the world that says, if you can sell, you'll never be broke. The truth is, if you transpire that word into serve, 
you will never be broke. I believe that both in emotional capacity and in monetary, right? And then the last piece was leadership. Now, if you can get the trifecta, which takes time, experience, hard work, you know, mentorship, all sorts of things. If you can get the trifecta, you will grow into a multi-million dollar producer, wealth builder, all of those things. The problem is most people try to get there with one of those skills and they don't work on developing all three. In my mind, you have to have all three. Now you might start with just one, right? You might start just developing the knowledge. Then you might turn your sales skills on. But the truth is it's the trifecta of all three. And if you end up getting two of the three, you're going to have a great business, a great business. One of the three still, still great, right? We work in the best industry on the entire planet. We build wealth for other people through real estate. We change their lives while our lives also get to be changed. Like who gets to say that about going to work every day? I'm being a little long-winded, but that's really how I look at it. And so how did I get to branch manager? How did I get to, you know, EVP? It's not because I was actually going, I'm going to be the EVP of this company one day. I'm going to be a branch manager one day. It actually wasn't that at all. It was a, I'm going to serve at the highest level that I can with a ton of knowledge and education to my clients and industry peers. And then I'm going to continue to grow in myself as a leader, right? And leaders are not somebody that proclaim I'm a leader. Yeah. There's a bunch of people that say, Hey, Robin, hey, Marjorie, can you help me with this? Can you mentor me? And all of a sudden you realize a leader that by the definition has followers. And I don't mean groupies. I mean, people that say, hey, I trust you. What's your insight? What's your wisdom? What's your experience here? And I think where the industry gets a little lost is a lot of people hold their hand up and say, I'm a leader. And yet they have yet to even do the business at a high level. They're missing other components of it. Or I'm a salesman, but you didn't develop your other skills, right? And I think that's what creates burnout. So I would tell you, if you really want to take it to a level that for me was the most fulfilling, I didn't have to have all three to be successful. But when you think about getting, in my opinion, the creme de creme, you have to develop all three. Yes, I agree. I think a lot of us would argue many, many realtors, lenders have some knowledge, maybe not all the knowledge, but the basic knowledge and yeah. then the sales skills. We all kind of have our way. Like my closing is this, I can close people. So a lot of people, it's interesting. If you talk about sales skills, it's also generation, not just conversion. Cause I think when you talk to people about that on their sales skills, they say, Oh, I'm, I'm a great converter. Okay. Well, but you don't generate enough. Uh-huh. Is the biggest problem. And then leadership to me, that's the longest one to develop. I think that's great. Few of us are naturally born leaders. I think you think back to 20 years ago, like when we started having teams and I thought, whoo, I was really bad at it. I would say I'm like a B minus now. I've gone from like a D plus. It is a constantly thing that you have to improve on and really work at and learn and have mentors that really show you the way. But there is no doubt. So it's interesting, whoever's listening right now, think about on your journey, your knowledge, and you read books, you go to classes, and knowledge also comes from experience. I think experience. You know, I was just going to say the best three houses, when you've sold a hundred, your knowledge is way better. So your sales skills, you have to develop and use. And I think, again, I agree with you. So many people are like, oh, I'm not a salesperson. Pumpkin, you're a salesperson. Like, you know, you are, you, you sell homes, you sell houses with no sales, no moolah. So you are a salesperson, but leadership is one of those things. I think that you maybe never perfect or you get pretty good at. So, yeah. And you are good at all three and I know you well. So I've gotten to watch your journey over the last few years and just been like, holy Toledo, right? Like, I'm just so proud of you. So, okay, let's take this tactically. So 
we started the year. So yeah. I think we all have intention. We all have, I meant to do this, we mean to plan, but then all of a sudden it's three months from now, we went from really not a lot going on or not a lot of prep was done. I think what happens is we end the year. I think if you take most people, November, December come, everyone goes, whew, I'm off now. I get to not work really. Yes, you gosh darn realtors that are like, I'm going to take a couple months, like what? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want I'm like, girl, dude, come on. You no, no. But that time as well, because it's like, okay, the market's dead, right? And agree. I guess yeah. it's slower. But listen, the market conditions are what they are, right? They're I mean, they you're are. exactly right. But now it's how did the year go? Let's look at we have to analyze the sales we had, where they came from, how we generated them, our marketing plan. I mean, it is the busiest time actually, because yes. if you're gonna launch properly in this year, you can't have it be March and go, yeah, I should really think about what you know marketing plan I'm going going to do. You're too late. So let's talk about personally and professionally as Robin starts 2023. Like how do you end your year or start your year? What kind of planning do you do to really set yourself up for success? Yeah. So I don't really believe in separation of business and personal. To me, I just live Robin's life, right? And it's the one life that I'm ever going to get, knock on wood. And hopefully it lasts for a really long time. I spent the longest time trying to figure out exactly how to separate. I'm working and I'm a wife and a mom and a self. I'm Robin. How do I segment all three and give them all the proper amount of time? And I spent this time like beating myself up over it for a while, letting it get in the way emotionally of, am I doing too much of one or not enough of another, or where am I adequate? And finally, I realized like for me, this is all just one big life that's mine. And I do different things every single day. You go to work and on a Saturday, I rarely do. But if I have to, I don't say I have to. It's a, I choose to. I get to, right? I have this opportunity. And so I think one of the things that you have to start with in goal setting is, yes, I want to do this. I want to do that. But there's this other piece where just the words that we choose to say, Marjorie, are so incredibly powerful for our hearts, for our actions. And so when we can stop and say, I get to do this. So one of the things that I sit down and do is, here are the things that I want to do. And here is the way I will get to do them. Because otherwise, what do we do? We like bombard ourselves with massive expectations. And I'm not talking about everyone gets a participation trophy by any means. Like, I'm not. I'm saying like, it's okay to say, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. You have a choice today. You could have gotten on to this podcast or not. Is that fair? Yeah, like, absolutely. But you decide, hey, I want to do this. And I know that for you, you really want to make an impact and a mark on the industry, if you will, and share helpful, real, really real, which is one of my favorite things about you, the most authentic, like joyful human being, which is what I love. Life of, hey, a successful realtor. And yet you don't even mirror the image, if you will, of the power suit, the glitz and glam, if you will. And I think that people really see sometimes goal setting and disciplines and all these things as like, that's what you're chasing. You chase whatever you want, sunshine. You want to wear a power suit in front of a red Lamborghini and buy a jet, like knock yourself out. If that's what brings you joy, awesome. Like, let's do it. If you want to make enough money to give your family financial freedom or take extra trips with your kids and experience things and you know the dollar value of what that costs, because 
that's the truth, right? Everything comes at some price, whether it be time or money, then let's define that. And so what I do for goal setting is a little different than what I used to do. I used to write a list of things that were what I thought the world would want from me, if you will, what I thought the business needed from me. And then I would create the marching orders. And it's the same thing as showing up at the gym on January 1st, running your little heart out for a couple weeks. And by February 1st, that gym is pretty darn empty. And why? It's because you did it for the image and joy of what other people want to see you as versus you. And so when I sit down and look at it, the first thing that I do is I write a story about what next year looks like. Now, this is me. Everybody has different things that make them tick, right? Like if I'm going to relax, some people want to sit in silence. Our good friend Haley meditates silently for 15 hours. Like that (laughs) feels like shooting me in the head, but I am a little intrigued by it. I tend to want to listen to music, right? Like music fuels me. And so understanding what makes you tick. I like stories. I like to understand instead of on paper, I'm at relational person. So I love to attach emotion to things. And emotion is me having a better vision that's really clear. Instead of, hey, I want to lose 40 pounds. All right. I want to wake up and feel better about getting dressed in the morning. I want to feel a higher level of energy. And all of that results to, hey, losing this 40 pounds creates this. There's a study that they did with people that have heart attacks and you could have a massive heart attack at any different age. And the doctors would come in and say, Hey, if you don't change some things, you're going to die. And how many people do you think actually left the hospital and made the changes? Almost none. It was like less than 2%. Think about that Marjorie. But right now, if I said, you're going to die, does your brain go off with sirens? Yeah. So I know we're all going to die, but if I said right now, you're going to die in two hours, our brain doesn't even process it that way, right? Like we're like, oh, but I'm really not. We have enough there in our know-with-all, if you will, to say, no, I'm really not. They started bringing family into the room and saying, what would you like to see in the future? Do you want to watch her get married? Do you want to watch him graduate from high school? Do you want to see your spouse when they're turning 60? Do you want to see them when they're turning 80? And all of a sudden, people started to make change. Why? They want to be there with their family versus just this impossible, amorphous, no clarity. Well, it's two things. Their brain attached where? To their heart. And whenever you can attach your heart to something, it shifts how you're doing it. And so there's the cliche of find your why and all these things. But the truth is, if your goals are attached only here, and you can't figure out how to attach them to your heart, you might achieve them at the end of the day, but they will be much more meaningless, if you will. And it's always just one more thing, you know, that type of thing versus really understanding where you want to go and feeling that connection to them that is going to bring you true fulfillment, right? One of my biggest questions to realtors and lenders everywhere is why? Tell me why, because if you yourself understand, know it, I guarantee you, you worked super hard for something that attached to your kids. Is that fair? Always. Yeah. And what did you want for Lucas and Alex? I hope it's okay that I say their names. Yeah, no, Lucas. I mean, for me, it was anything to support their dreams, right? So with Lucas sports, right? So anything that we could connect him with trainers or anything to give him joy, to give him his fulfillment and then vacations with both of them. And Alex is an artist making sure that Alex had connections to fulfilling what their life's purpose was. And does that get you in goal setting more determined for, Hey, I'm going to sell these houses, right? I'm going to help more people. That doesn't cheapen it, right? I think sometimes people affiliate it, but money is this beautiful tool 
tool that, hey, my kid's struggling, you can get the best therapist, right? My kid wants to achieve this dream, you can do that. Hey, my parents need the best home to live in as elderly care. And rather than deal with, I'm so sad where mom and dad are potentially at, it's a, hey, I can help because there's this tool. And there are very few industries that create the opportunity for endless wealth the way that ours does without a college education, shy of just truly being an entrepreneur, right? And I'm not creative. So I always think on Shark Tank and things like, I wish I could invent something really cool that would like change people's lives and sell. And you know what I mean? I'd have the, yeah. I mean, like, wish I was the owner of Spanx. I love her. Like how <laughs> genius are you, right? Like yeah. smooth out some creases on some women and you're and a, men, a bazillionaire. Men and wear men, them too. Men. Dudes, you wear them too. Just take them. All, all the guys right now, they're like, I wouldn't wear them. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um, but she's brilliant, right? She solved a problem. I'm not creative. So that doesn't go there. Lucky right. for me, I learned loans at 19 and yet it has the same overall potential, right? To help people, to serve them, to solve problems for them, right? People want to become homeowners. People want to have financial freedom, financial yeah. education. I get to do that. And yet I also get to earn a great amount of wealth and save and do things that then push me forward to helping my mom who's on a fixed income and stay in the home that she really wants to be in until she's not here anymore. And we couldn't do that if I didn't look at that. So the short-term picture of the one-year goal and understanding what each year, if you will, is going to look like. And I include things like, I know that I'll have loss. I don't write this roses and kittens, you know, this is going to be the perfect year. I understand that those things are going to happen, but I do map out, hey, here are trips, here are speaking engagements, here are a podcast. You know, I'm going to start a podcast in 2023. You and I have a plan to maybe get something jiggy together. I write what that vision is. And if I can't see it or feel it, I postpone it. I don't think if most I people do that, right? I think they you just make a list. It's like, here's 10 vacations. Great. And then here's 10, 10 things I want to buy. Okay. And it's just sort of, I want that, but you know, this sounds good, yeah. right? Or somebody else would like that. Yeah. And tactically, you then take that vision that you're attached to and you start calendaring it. You guys are going to think I'm all kumbaya. That's not the case. I actually look at all of it and then say, let's start scheduling. Yes. Let's start scheduling now. The trips don't count until the airfare is booked. Agreed. Agreed. Right? The weekends, they go on the calendar. I time block them. Now being an executive who took on that job, I have to put on, you know, PTO. You know, I have to have it on the calendar because of my obligations at the office. And so I look at all of those things. I balance it. If something has to be the next year, I allow it to be the next year, right? Yeah. Like I put it on the, it's in the reserve, if you will, of what sure. would be, this would be nice, but not guaranteed. I look at what I want to achieve and how, so all the way down to one of my jobs now is to help other people grow, right? Help other people find success and understand their journey. So one of the things that I calendar on there is, hey, if I want to see my loan officers increase their average units by two closings. And so right now, last year was a really tough year. We've got some young in maturity in the business, Bucks working for us. I want to see the young ones really increase their business by two units. And I want to see my seasoned vets increase by five. You will go up that amount of money. I mean, think about that, Marjorie, in yeah. terms of real estate commissions. You close 
deals, two more deals or five more deals in a month. Well, some people it's doubling because some people are closing to you or you just doubled your income. And so then I think, where's my focus for that? How do I do that? What time is on my calendar that says, this is a hope. Now, this is the plan. And I think a lot of people forget to put the plan attached to the goal, the hope that this is what I want to do. Great. Those are words and emotions. You need them. Now you need action and it needs to be defined immediately. So what does your calendar look like? If you looked at your goals right now, is anything scheduled that says, oh, that right there at noon, every single Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that attaches to this goal. And it's almost like a chart that says, if you can't draw a dotted line from one to the other, you need to redefine one, right? Like you either fix that calendar or you fix that goal because the rest is just us saying things. And then what we do, we say a bunch of stuff some of it or none of it gets achieved. And what do we decide? Goal setting doesn't work. That was dumb. I'm a failure. I had a bad year. We do all these crazy things. No, you just didn't have a plan, you silly. Like, let's just make the plan. And I love that because I actually, as I'm thinking about it, like we started the year, we did our vision boards, which is good. And that's a good start. But what I'm realizing is, did I really calendar everything? Like, so I've got the board, which is fantastic, right? Honestly, I talk about doing it. I mentally like create goals, but I don't visualize them as well. So Uh I I visualize them. Now my morning routine, because now I'm looking at it because I do have it here. My morning and my evening routine, absolutely. My book club challenge, absolutely. My weight loss goal, yes, because, oh my God, I love everything bad, just so we're clear. Me too. sugar in it. I want to drink it or eat it. If it's like, if you go through the grocery store, I'm like, I love that. How awful for you. I do have Greece. We're going to Greece on here. I have my family on here. And then I have my business goals on the back. Um, They're all there. And some of it, yes. Like my podcast goals, I've got out our coaching goals. Yes. But what I'm realizing, like all of it, I have my tribe of 20 and I have to do that, but I don't have on my calendar the meetings yet. So I think that even when you take a step up and you're like, I'm doing better than last year, you realize, well, that's correct, right? So booking it all out. So people listening, setting those goals, a one-year business plan. I love the letter to yourself, right? Like writing your letter and being super clear on what all that involves. I love, again, a vision board I think is great. I think the more you can see it, especially I'm a super visual person. I'm, you know, a tree killer paper person. I take notes. It's just who I am realizing that all of that's great. And actually I even have, I just was talking to Robin off this offline. So it's called self journal guidebook by best self. It's 90 day goal setting for personal and private and your big rocks. Great journal. If you guys aren't doing it, but all of that's great. But if we don't tie in the action plan, right, even every day, I'm going to do this. That's great. The kind of should have. So we should have all over ourselves. So do you do a vision board? I love a vision board, but I think that I create more visuals through the story than I do the pictures, if you will. So my version of the vision board would be writing that story. My marriage, my kids, I talk about my kids and their future. That doesn't mean that I'm like arranging marriages for them. I talk about those things because I want my kids to be fiscally responsible. I want them to be successful and happy. I want them to be good partners because they all are at that place where they're just starting to get into long-term. My son is going to have a baby. I want him to be an amazing parent. I can have all those wishes and stand back and do nothing. Or I can have all those wishes and plan some Sunday dinners where we're one-on-one with he and his wife and we ask better questions and we're a little more intentional around things. I think that life is really a matter of attaching feelings with action to get results. And we overcomplicate the formula. We have a lot of feelings or we have a lot of action, but we don't 
understand tying the two together to get the results. I say that in this sequence, you can choose things in a certain sequence depending on where you're at in your life. If you're in survival mode, so if you're a newer realtor, a newer loan officer, and you don't have money in the bank and you don't have financial security, and don't give yourself a false sense of financial security. Like some people say, oh, well, my significant other does really well, or I've got this. I always think to myself, what if that was gone tomorrow? Are you beholden to something, if you will, that prevents you from being okay if the world was in an apocalypse and all of a sudden it was you, you making your way. Are you okay in that realm? That gives me peace of mind when I know that I'm not beholden to anything. Like you have to set aside the money. It always cracks me up with no offense in the real estate world. People, oh, I've got this money. And I always ask them, is that before or after you pay yes. the taxes? Did you pay right? the IRS? Did you no, pay no, the no. IRS? No, yes. no, no. No, no, yes. that's optional, isn't it? Oh, yes, it's optional until <laughs> yes. they no, levy your assets. It'll be that much. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, I just yeah. got the first paycheck of 2023. And the IRS, I'm not joking, between all of the deductions, including 401k, to be fair, it was 53% of my wages. 53% yeah. people like... But plan for that. Taxes are a privilege, right? I'd rather pay 53% on what I make than being where I was 15 years ago, right? And sometimes that gets in the way for people. When you're in survival, you have to choose this order. So I want to give you an order real quick. There are three things that you need to gauge life on. And the goal is to flip the script. Money, time, joy. Everything that we do has a price of one of those three things. Now, if you don't have enough money, you're in survival mode. You have no choice but to do daily behaviors, if you will. Sometimes work with that client that's really difficult. Take that one listing that you know is so overpriced and the clients are a nightmare, but you take it anyways because you don't have anything else going. So you had to choose money. That's an example, right? And the goal is to work it to where money comes last Time comes second. So time is always ultimately in the middle. Sometimes it goes to the front and joy becomes first. But the only way to do that is to have enough of the other two tools, enough control of them that you understand that you can then choose joy. And isn't that what we're all working for every day yeah. of our lives? Isn't that what we ultimately want at the end of the day? Yeah. Uh, especially as entrepreneurs taking all the risk in the world where none of it's guaranteed, but we get to choose what that looks like. Yes. Like, it's such a powerful thing if we think about it, but but we often don't attach that. And so I am very blessed. I've worked incredibly hard, knock on wood, almost 45 years old. I now almost 100% of the time can choose joy, then time, then money. And if we think of it tactically, like you're exactly right. So getting to the point where we all have said in the past and talking, like almost getting to capacity or full meaning, someone calls you and I'm a realtor. So they want me to list their house. They're nightmares. They don't want to hear a thing I say. They're going to tell me how it works and they're going to overprice. And I can say, you know what? We're not a good fit. I'm really sorry, but I am not the right fit for you. You can find someone who wants to do it your way. Like being able to say, this is my box and this fits in my box. And that yes. is fine because most of us, right? Even after a good year, the hard part for everyone listening is they know is, it's January of 2023. Last year's successes or failures, leave them behind you because yeah. you got to do the work this year. I'm sorry, as a realtor, I've done this like 27 years. I don't get to not go to work. I don't get to not prospect because last year was really good and the year before was, it starts all over. So I think that being clear on the systems they need to implement, right? Having the money yeah. savings, paying the IRS, 
because I coach a lot of realtors and ooh doggies. Again, when our entrepreneurs, we're business owners, we don't really believe it. We understand we're self-employed because we can do what we want yes. when we want, but we don't have a business background. We don't do a profit and loss. No one's taught us. No class in college generally or high school or the school of life. Parents didn't really spend the time teaching us budgeting, right? Other than potentially budgeting, but certainly not profit and loss and savings and how we should net 50%. Money is still so much more taboo than what it should be. It's like what Europeans are naked way more, I believe, than Americans, because for them, they're like, hey, it's just your body, right? I wish that we would get to a place where people quit judging whether or not they were a good or a bad or a successful or an unsuccessful human being just on money, right? And so then it becomes this hidden thing thing that people don't want to talk about. The truth is it's a tool. And if you handed me a saw right now that was motorized electronic, I don't know. That's how dumb I am. In this sort of stuff, right? <laughs> I don't know like, either. And you said, cut this piece of marble or something with no other instruction. I would be completely just no clue, but I would find someone who could teach me appropriately how to use that tool to create the ultimate result that I was looking for. You guys, Stop having so much emotion around money. It's a tool. It's a tool that when you're an entrepreneur and you choose that risk, it comes with the greatest reward if you're willing to surrender and literally have a mentor communication, a visualized plan that attaches with action, right? Feelings, actions, results. I wish that I would have realized how uncomplicated it could be in my 20s, but I wasn't ready to take it all in, right? You, you, you're not, you, I didn't have the maturity, if you will, to see it the way I see it now. I love of the 20 and 30 year olds in our branch because I'm watching them do what I wanted to do and better so much faster because they are willing to take in a mentor, a coach, a, a, you know, a leader, if you will, and really listen. And so how's that for a whole rundown of how I plan, how I visualize, how I goal set? That's I'm perfect. Look, I'm a huge reader. I have a 52 book challenge that I'm going to challenge you to do with me this year. So I speed read some. This Audible account? (laughs) Yes. That's so funny. Everyone asked that. Yes. Audible accounts. So I want you to give a couple of the Robin Levesque must reads to start off your year. What are a couple of years? Yeah. So if I had to talk from the story of, you know, having my babies and being in the business and understanding a little more how women think, if you will, especially women who are moms and wives in this business, lean in. Cheryl Sundberg is probably one of my all-time most moving aha books that I've ever read. The Go-Giver is how I really think life should be just served every single day from every single one of us. You will never attach sales again with the word sales if you read The Go-Giver and you try to live that out. I love the real raw of Ed and The Power of One More was an incredible book. And then I would say one of the ones that I'm just getting into that I was really obsessed with his podcast with Ed Milet was Ryan Holiday and that is Discipline is Destiny. And discipline is not the military discipline, you know, living that type of life. It's so much more than that. And so that would be my kind of my top group to share. I've read three of the four I just stated and I'm partway through the others. Those are all just incredible books. 
Agreed. And I'm in the middle. So Atomic Habits, I think is a great book. I love that book. And I love Atomic Habits. And I'm reading No Limits by John Maxwell now. Great. Oh. Emotional capacity, really paying attention to your capacities, where you're spending your time. I'm getting a ton out of uh, No Limits. I love John Maxwell too. This one is really speaking to me and really broadening things and clarifying things. So I would tell you guys and Go Giver, there's also Go Giver Sell More as the second to Go Givers. Have you read that one? No. Second one. Oh, it's really good. So I really think as we end this, if you think about like what we're talking about now, garbage in, garbage out, right? So when you spend your time just obsessing over negative media, that's where your brain goes. If you don't take time and read things that motivate you and clarify things, and if you don't take podcasts, like all these resources we all have, but we can really grow from, look, I get in the car in the morning, I listen to the eighties on eights or the nineties on nine. And I turn it up obscenely loud for a 50 year old woman. <laughs> and I jam out all the way to work. That's a big thing for me. And the three things I'm grateful for go in my journal in the morning. And when I get up in the morning, the first thing I think about is how fortunate I am. And I definitely am. Me too. That's one of my intentions this year is when I open my eyes, one of the first things I say is thank you for another day, right? Thank you for the air in my lungs, for the ability to get out of this bed. And it's funny, the moment I say those things, all of a sudden I'm in action, right? I'm grateful for this opportunity to do something today. I never show the actual outward gratitude. I think some people think, oh, of course I'm grateful, you know? No, you're writing it down, right? I'm intentionally saying, I'm like a crazy person talking to myself, right? I'm intentionally saying it. You know, I listen to the same five songs every morning because they put me in a state of mind of what I want to do. And I'm a Jesus lover. So there's a little bit of country women power and and faith all in there. And it's just those routines, those different things that set you up and put them on repeat. Success leaves clues, follow the clues. Yeah, agreed. And I think that, again, it's hard to be grateful and and mad, right? Like when you're really paying attention, it sets your mind off, right? So I think you guys, as we're ending... How do you make this year different than past years? And I say this a lot, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. If we don't really pay attention, even as simple as I choose to be following this 90-day program and eat vegetables when I want to really just dig into some cookies, right? So (laughs) I choose to do something for my health when really I do want to eat a pizza. So Uh I think it's really flipping the mindset and really I choose to make my phone calls. I choose to get to work at 830, right? So if we get up first thing, you're like, oh, I have to get up. No, I choose to get up and go to the gym. Yes. Take control over your own mind and heart and then attach that to actions, right? And put some bumper rails in place because we all will go off otherwise. So is my calendar perfect? No. Is it followed 80 plus percent of the time? You bet it is. And if it's not on there, it really doesn't exist. And I think that people underestimate the power of simple little things that you choose because it's a choice to not ignore, but follow, right? You choose to do it. So I'm grateful to be here. I love you so much. Yes. So everyone listening, thank you so much. This is a little longer, but it's important. We're starting the year. I don't want to leave anything out. I really want your mindset to be something that you set first, your intentions, your mindset, what you choose, because otherwise we don't really start this year on the path that we need to be starting. So listen, you guys have no idea how lucky you are to get this Robin Lavasser giving you this (laughs) advice because she is fantastic. Robin, thank you so much for joining me this week on Real Estate Unscripted. I love you.
Love you too. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and home buyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.